The Bullet Hole Podcast is powered up by Custom Mill Firearms Manufacturing, based right here at the Bullet Hole. You can find our rifles in our store, as well as two other locations at Osage Gun and Pond in Sedalia, Missouri, and American Cash Exchange in Manhattan, Kansas, two of our great dealers. We supply AR-9s, AR-15s, as well as the AR-10 platform. They're all OEM guns and built to the best specifications and manufacturing standards. So come in today to the Bullet Hole or one of our other dealers to check out a custom-built gun. And remember this, it's custom-built for life. Welcome back to the Bullet Hole Podcast. I'm Lyle Cadell, the media manager here at the Bullet Hole. And uh, as always, we're powered up by Custom Built, as you heard probably before I <laughs> came on. Uh, we're powered up by Custom Built Firearms Manufacturing, based right here at the Bullet Hole. And we offer a whole line of ARs, from AR9s all the way up to AR10s and 15s in between. I always say that. I, I, I don't know who came up with that name, nomenclature, but whatever. Anyhow. Full line. And we have some dealers, by the way, too. Check out our dealer network at American Cash Exchange in Manhattan, Kansas, as well as Osage Gun and Pawn in Sedalia, Missouri. So today we're going to discuss EDC. You probably saw that in the description if you're watching this. Um, Brian is one of our instructors here, uh, Brian Holmes. And uh, we're just, everybody is always into EDC. And we're just going to kind of casually go through it and also deal with some practical matters of why, when, where, and how type of thing. So, first of all, today's EDC for you is uh, an FNS for it the is, gun. Yeah. Everybody's always you know, wanting to go to the gun first. What, what, gun, what, what guns are you carrying? What guns are you carrying? Do you carry um, that every day? Uh, it's in my rotation. I don't carry the same gun all the time. I think it's uh, it has a lot to depend on what I'm going to wear that mm-hmm. day, where I'm going, what I anticipate could happen that day but normally i carry either a 1911 or the fns hmm. grip angle about the same uh, identical almost yeah. with the uh flat back strap on this gun it has an interchangeable back strap it makes it much more of a 1911 style grip which i'm very comfortable with and what i'm used to shooting from my prior military career it's the first gun i learned to shoot was mm-hmm. a 1911 and i just fell in love with the platform it's incredibly reliable and incredibly safe Wow, you just you just like blew up the internet. Oh yeah. You said a nineteen was incredibly reliable. A well maintained firearm is reliable. I understand the argument that the <laughs> Glock is the tactical Tupperware and the gun that will never fail. I've seen Glocks fail. Not not every day, but an unkept Glock will break just like an unkept nineteen eleven. Yeah. But a well maintained nineteen eleven, one that's meant to be carried, will work reliably. Yeah. I, I, I've seen it myself on both ends, yeah. So it's uh, very true. However, uh, let's go into the, the, the minutia. I wanted to get that out of the way because everybody, you know, they're, they're all, you know, maybe you're clicking off right now. I don't know because <laughs> you know what the gun is. Um, but, um, and this is an FNS too, by the way. So some people think, okay, I've got to buy. Uh, and that, that may be something we need to talk about. People think, well, man, I need to need to buy the newest, bettest, I mean, the baddest blaster out there. Um, and so they're just chasing the, the rabbit constantly. 
whatever it is, whether it's a P365, you know, I mean, what, I mean, whatever it is, we're out there, we're, we're getting the brand new thing. And FNS came out, what, man, I'm trying to think, uh, I owned one. And oh, it, it's 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, uh, and it's a great gun. FN's a great company. Um, now they're into the 509 yep. series. Um, and uh, But people kind of forget them. They really yeah, do. Yeah, the, the 509 is the kind of the more modern version of this yeah. gun. Yeah. They went towards a tactical model with the threaded barrel and protected sights on the on the top of the slide, um, a more ergonomic mm-hmm. grip hand, uh, angle and um, grip texturing. They had a multi, multi-design multi grip texturing. Mm-hmm. Very comfortable gun, great shooter. They, um, they improved on the trigger a little bit, but... I didn't see a need to buy one because my FNS just keeps running. This has been through some competitions with me early on when I first started shooting some competitions. It's been through several training classes. The gun has yet to fail. There's a 25,000 round guarantee on the barrel from the manufacturer. It's the same process they use to manufacture their rifle barrels. They make Mm -hmm. their pistol barrels. It's an incredible lockup. The, The system is very accurate. It's very reliable striker-fired gun. Mine has the manual safety on it. When it came out, it was the NRA gun of the year. Um, the NRA was offering them as to their instructors at a discount. Mm-hmm. And it, you could have the NRA law enforcement logo etched on it. Um, I just fell in love with the platform. I got to meet Dave Savigny from former Team Glock, who's mm-hmm. now a Team FN guy. Right. And he just sold me on the platform he said it does everything the Glock can do, except it's taken away a lot of the metal off of the off the block Glock mm. stock slide, and they've aerodynamicked it down a little bit, and they put those front cocking serrations on from the factory. I have a large hand, so I like to front press check my firearms mm-hmm. because if I go to the rear, I cover the the, the chamber and the ejection port, and I can't see any malfunctions. I can't mm. see the chamber, so I had to kind of adapt. For my hand size, how I function and manipulate the firearm. No, it's a, I mean, a, a great piece, and I think some folks they they get caught up, like I said, in the you know what's next, you know, type of thing, and and rather than hey, this is what I've got, and well, it, and it's a good platform and it works. Kind of like uh, grocery store cowboys, they they walk past the, the gun magazines in the grocery store, and whatever's on the cover, I got to have mm. because it's the latest greatest gun. Yeah. Gun technology keeps evolving. There's great guns introduced sure. every year, but that doesn't mean I need to abandon what I've tried and true and what I've been with from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I shot Glocks all my law enforcement career. It's a great gun. I, I see its purpose. It's it's gonna work. But is it the best gun for me? Well, I go by hand fit. It doesn't really fit my hand well mm-hmm. unless I start dremeling parts off of the pieces off and then I make it fit. Yeah. And everybody talks about the aftermarket support. Well, my question is, why does a gun need aftermarket support? What's wrong with it from the beginning? <laughs> we have to change out the sights. We have to change out the trigger. FN, all I changed out was the sights because I wanted... I wanted fiber optic and tritium in one combination. Mm. It's not effort from the factory. The photoluminescent sights that came on it worked great, but these are just a little better for what I use the firearm for. And here I am. I, I carry. I carry a Glock. I don't. That, that's a great gun. It's reliable. <laughs> and if, it, if it fits your hand, playing. if it fits yeah. your hand, it's a great gun. That's yeah. where it starts. It is. It is. So it's just it's practice with what you. I, I think that's probably. The, would you say? I mean, that's um, practice with what you got. 
Yeah, and, I, I tell um, people that all the time. Affordability is one of the factors I look at when you're considering a gun. Buy the best gun you can afford. Mm -hmm. If it's if, if that's what you run with, then you've got to learn to use it. Um, I'm not going to you know go test drive a BMW if I can't afford it, and then go buy a Prius. Mm. Buy the best best you can and make that work for you and adapt it to your carry style, your lifestyle. That's where it all begins, and that's a critical thing. And I think a lot of people, they, when they first get into firearms, and we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. how since the pandemic, 8 million new shooters have dropped into our community. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have listened to their friends and neighbors or loved ones who told them, well, you got to have a Springfield because that's the greatest gun. Mm -hmm. And that's great. It might be the best gun for your friend, neighbor, or loved one, yeah. but it might not be the best gun for you. You've got to come into a shop like ours, put a gun in your hand, feel how it fits your hand. If it doesn't fit your hand. And rent it even. If, yeah, yeah. We have a large rental fleet. Rent yeah. a firearm and shoot it. Try it before you buy it. Brand new guns can't do that. Everybody knows that. It becomes a used gun if you shoot it. Mm -hmm. So use the rental fleet to your advantage. Practice what you preach and find out what fits your hand mm -hmm. when you figure that out if it fits your hand you're going to probably fire it much more accurately you're going to want to shoot it i taught a class yesterday and one of the shooters had a very small micro pistol pocket pistol mm -hmm. and she did okay with it but i told her let's try this bigger gun i let her shoot mine i let her shoot um another gun a student had with that student's permission, they allowed mm -hmm. it because gun people were generous like that. You can shoot my gun. Where <laughs> yeah. It's already dirty. You might as well. So she tried that, and she liked the bigger frame. And I said, there you go. I just, I'm not trying to sell you a firearm. I'm just trying to, to sell you peace of mind and a surety that you're going to have a gun that's in your hand that you can actually shoot accurately. Because mm. ultimately, if I can't hit the threat or the target, I'm not going to have very much fun with that firearm. Now, as far as that's a double stack, um Yep. You know, handgun. A lot of people are going to single stack, whether it be a you know Glock 43, 43x, 48, or you know any number of the Shield from Smith and Wesson, or the Hellcat from Springfield, or the 365 from Sig. I mean, what's your take on the bucket of bullets, as Clint Smith would say, underneath the the polymer? A lot of a lot of folks are are on the capacity bandwagon. Mm -hmm. They want a concealed carry gun that's tiny, but they want it to have a plethora of rounds in it. Mm. I have a pretty simple philosophy, and, and probably a lot of people might not agree with how I think, but this is where capacity comes from, in my, my view take on this, is it comes from combat and competition, where you have to have a lot of ammunition for what you're doing in that period of time. Everyday carry, you don't have to have three, four magazines on your person. Have a gun that's fully loaded, topped off, around in the chamber, ready to do what you need to do if, if that event happens for you, and engage confidently, and then know you still have rounds left. If you're if you're hitting the target with what you're shooting at, then why do I need to worry about having a reload? Mm. I, I, I don't plan on standing there and admiring <laughs> my work. I'm going to get away from that area yeah. to a safe area. Then I can worry about reloading my firearm. So if I'm carrying a higher capacity like the FN, I generally don't always have a spare magazine because I don't anticipate staying in this problem that length of time. Do you carry one, though, for, for like, malfunctions or anything? Um, 
honestly, I depending on what the malfunction may be, yeah. I can drop the magazine and I'm not going to waste the good ammunition. I'm going to just drop and catch the magazine, retain it, and then work the problem, and mm-hmm. then just reload that magazine. Again, I'm not I'm not planning on taking a trip to downtown Fallujah anytime soon, <laughs> where I'm going to be engaged in in combat. Yeah. Um, a gunfight in practical everyday carry sense is an is an interaction that's going to be short and base mm-hmm. short and round count and i only say that because things i've read things i've seen all these videos on the internet the bad guys don't stay once they're confronted with gunfire they flee as well yeah. and i'm not going to stand there and let him shoot me i'm going to move as well so both people are moving as Jared Reston likes to say, mm-hmm. meet moves when you shoot it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get off the X. I'm going to move to a place where I can assess the problem. And I'm probably going to call for people who have guns, the police, and have them get there to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not going to stay and deplete all my ammunition, if I, especially if I'm not hitting anything. It, it's it's nonsensical to believe that that's how this is going to happen. Yeah. Um, most of it's going to happen in probably very close proximity. There's not going to be any barricades I have to defeat except their clothing. So I don't have to have, you know, 32 rounds on me to engage this person. And everybody says, well, what if there's more? I can assure you if you and your brother Daryl and your other brother Daryl attack me and I shoot you, your two brother Daryls <laughs> are fleeing. They're not going to stand there and let me shoot them, They generally too. trip over one another trying to get out yeah, of the room. <laughs> they can't run away fast enough. And I and I say that because if you just watch the Internet and watch YouTube, there's hundreds of videos mm-hmm. of confrontations that have occurred, and people just flee. They're yeah. not going to stand there and try to pull their gun. It's not the Wild West. It's not a Clint Eastwood movie where they all draw and everybody gets it on. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't happen like that in real-world context. And... If it does, it's an anomaly, and those aren't very well publicized because I just probably haven't seen it. Yeah. So I consider what I'm where I'm getting into. If I'm carrying the 1911 with a diminished capacity, I generally do carry a spare magazine okay. only because I don't have a lot of rounds. But again, I carry it in the 45 ACP, hmm. 230 grade hollow point that's going to engage the target, and it's going to hit like a brick doing 90. If I engage and hit it once or twice, it's probably going to put it down and, and make it rethink what it was doing. And mm. if I have to reload, I can reload. So I'm running 17 rounds, the same thing I would run in my standard 9mm. Mm-hmm. So, again, why do I want to carry more 9mm? It doesn't weigh as much. It doesn't— Literally half. It just, you know— I'm, Generally you know, I'm running—I'm probably running 124 or 147 yeah, plus yeah. P— because, again, speed creates expansion in mm-hmm. your hollow point. True. So I want to carry something that's going to expand in that hollow point. But it, it's all based on, again, what I anticipate I'm going to run into. And you can't anticipate an attack. But, again, I train in context. I'm six foot one, 300 pounds. I'm not the guy in the Target parking lot that that guy is going to look at and say, yeah, that's the guy I want to jump yeah. on. So I'm training in the context that I may have to defend others in. I look at I'm going to be the guy who may have to stop the attack in the in the target parking lot of someone trying to be abducted or assaulted. And once I intervene, again, size is a deterrent, mm-hmm. they're probably going to flee because I'm going to show aggression and want to move and involve myself in that con- in that confrontation. So again, the firearm is just the tool. I want the best tool that I can shoot accurately. I can shoot this pretty quick, pretty accurate. 
it, it does everything I want to do. It's been super reliable for me in every application I've put it in. I can probably count the number of times it's malfunctioned on one hand, uh, and I can't even really give you a good time when it ha- actually happened. Mm. With quality ammunition and you hold on to the firearm, it just works. Yeah. And, it's, and it goes for most striker-fired weapons today or hammer-fired. Same thing. Next segment, I want to get into the rest of the minutia of your stuff yeah here so we'll be back right after this welcome back to the bullet hole podcast today we're talking about adc that's for those of you who don't know everyday carry and uh, Brian Holmes here is one of our instructors, and uh, we just got done talking about the gun, that everybody's always interested in the gun. But you also carry some other things. Tell us, uh, you know, just got, got your wallet. Um, yep. I don't leave home without it. Try yeah. not to. My son always does, uh, especially <laughs> when we're at a restaurant. Oh, I forgot my wallet. Yeah, convenient. Funny how that convenient. works. Yeah. Um, I try to carry at least a, a credit card that has pretty much wide open credit on it i don't have any balances on it why in case of an emergency i have to pay for a car repair i have to pay for a new tire mm. um, a hotel something that i can actually make sure I, i'll be able to pay for on my credit card um, i know one of the anomalies some people don't i like to carry some cash yeah. because cash is universally accepted and you never know when you may have to pay somebody a little cash for a favor um, so it's it's just a good thing to have a, a good solid it's, wallet. It's just a, it's you know the, the 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 real you know hipsters today are carrying these metal wallets and all this type of thing. I did. I carried a Trayvax. Did you really? A little Trayvax yeah, wallet for yeah. a while. It's very minimalist. It, it is. It's it is stylish. But I got back to carrying the old fire hose wallet. It's yeah. indestructible. That's right. Um, I actually can put more things in it, and it's pretty comfortable to sit on all day. It, it's just pretty just all around yeah. general purpose um again the fads i tried it the minimalist wallet but i always seem to have want to stick more things in there than it's really has Man room for, for. Yeah. um and i i'm trying to the rest of my edc is pretty minimalist in in, per, in principle because i don't need a whole lot of stuff to get by through, through the day mm-hmm. um but i figured if i'm if i'm going to poke holes and things i need to have something on me that can stop bleeding because i can't be naive enough to believe i might not get shot mm-hmm and so I have that set up, but the wallet is my first step. It's got everything in it, my identification, concealed carry. If you're going to carry concealed, you probably yeah. should have your license on you so law enforcement knows that you are okay to you know, at least have that firearm in your possession. And then everybody's going to say, well, depending on the state you live in, you can carry with or without a license, <laughs> yeah. concealed or open. That's true, but there's a lot of caveats that go along there with are. that. We're not even going to go down that rabbit hole, but there's a lot of a lot of other issues if you don't have that license you can find yourself in. Uh, next thing you probably always are going to find on me is a blade of some type, um, mm-hmm. if not two. One is none, two is one kind of concept. Um, Military right there. <laughs> I, have a, I normally have a small fixed blade, not anything that's supersized. It's less than probably three, three inches or less. Mm-hmm because you can't beat a fixed blade for bringing it into a confrontation up close and personal. Uh, today, I just didn't put one on. Um, I just kind of felt I was going to come do some errands and then come back home and probably not going to need anything that ex- extravagant. But uh, I run a Microtech auto opener out the front, OTF. Mm-hmm. 
uh, just because it's very simple one-handed operation. I don't have to commit both hands to a task. And I can also close it just as easy with one hand. Comes with a carbide tip on the end for glass breaking. In case I need to extract myself from a vehicle, I can cut my seatbelt and break the window to get out. I can also utilize it to get into a vehicle. Um, it happened right in front of me when I was going home about a year ago. Car accident at a major intersection right in front of me. Hmm. Airbag deployment and everything. I yeah. run over. I can't get the driver's window open. I popped it with the glass breaker, reached in, cut her seatbelt, and popped the airbag, hmm. and everything deflated. And she was just had the big deer in the headlights look. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, oh, my God. And I'm oh, yeah, you were in a car accident. <laughs> or are you okay? And so I could at least talk to her through the door, but we couldn't. I couldn't get the door open. It was just hmm. jammed so bad. But she was okay. I just told her to sit tight, relax. Fire department's coming. Police are coming. We'll get you out of the vehicle. Just give it a second. Hmm. And then I went over and checked on the other driver, and they were, you know, luckily good as, as well. But it just, you never know when you may need mm -hmm. a sharp knife and a, a knife that has those little simple tools on it. And that's nothing more than a deep pocket clip, a sharp blade, and a carbide tip to, to take care of glass just to help somebody else. And it also can be an impact object. Oh yeah, if you had you know? to, if you had to strike yeah. at, at somebody who is up close with the, just the blunt end yeah. of it, it can cause blunt force trauma, which is the major cause of death in, in every year States. anyway. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a great two-way tool that that does a lot of things, and I like versatility. I generally carry some size of flashlight. I have probably five or six in my fleet that I change around from a Streamlight stylist to a mini Surefire that's powered off a AAA battery mm -hmm. that just a, it's a good little carry light that's tiny to an Olight baton. Um, it really just depends on what I'm going, what, what I grab that day. Today, I just happened to grab my Streamlight. Yeah. Um, it's real bright. It's got a tail cap activation. It's got a couple settings, strobe feature. Mm -hmm. does everything I need it to do. Um, but ultimately, all, all it really has to do is illuminate the threat i found i carry streamline myself a protect uh, what is it a two yeah protect two i think it's this crazy thing i have two of them three of them actually it's a protect one l i got the two l double a so yeah, yeah mine's just a little if we want to compare size yeah. just a but ultimately all that does is illuminate things so i can identify it i found you know of all the all the items that i carry um edc this is probably in my knife I mean, like indispensable. If, if you were to drop me off on an island <laughs> or whatever, I mean, the batteries are only going to last so long, but there's other things we can do with that to create fire and all kinds I of things. I tell people that all the time. If I only had two things I really needed, it's my flashlight and my knife. Yeah, absolutely. Because I can do so much with both. Yeah. We went to a restaurant the other night, and it was so dark in there, I pulled my flashlight out so I could read the menu. Yeah. And my <laughs> wife was like, comes in handy doesn't it? i said i'm telling you you just never know when you're going right. to need it i'm like is it because the food's so bad they don't want us to see it or is this supposed to be the atmosphere yeah but it's like eating in a cave i was like come on now <laughs> i gotta be able to see something and and my wife is the same way she she'll you know ask me to use mine and stuff and um it's hilarious you know do you have your flashlight do you have your flashlight? It's, uh, it's all the time in use and so um but uh, love uh, love Streamlight. Surefire's good too, and I've never tried Olight. Uh, it's a, I, I, I kind of I'm stuff. kind of only a fan because it's rechargeable. Yeah. So I never and it comes off a 
a USB port yeah, in your yeah. computer, you can plug it in and charge off that. So it, it's a it's a pretty functional light. It's pretty mm -hmm. durable. I've seen. I've tried their Valkyrie weapons light. Mm -hmm. I've tried their baton. It's a small, bright, crazy bright flashlight. Yeah. And, and uh, my wife uses the one that's about that size. I can't remember the nomenclature. Forgive me, Ola. Yeah. I, I just can't remember numbers as well as I used to. She uses that when she walks the dogs, and it it throws off a ridiculous amount of light. But yeah. she likes to light up when cars are starting to come so they can see her walking right. just to make sure they understand where she is. Because my the dogs she walks are two black German shepherds. They, don't, they can't see them, yeah. especially at <laughs> night. So she wants to make sure that she can be seen. And so she uses that as her primary, you know, carry light when she's out and about. And she loves it. And I can recharge it. Pretty much once a month, I throw all my lights on chargers and the, the O lights, and they they go thirty days easily. And I hardly mm. ever use them, but I keep them charged. And so there's there's a lot of good product out there. Again, price point, you just have to do your homework. Um, if you want to, if you have the disposable income and want to spend the money on a Surefire, outstanding yeah. light. Yeah. I can't say anything bad about it, except they are pretty expensive. But from Surefire's aspect, the, the light never really breaks, so they want to get mm. your money the one time they can get it because it's just a great product. Streamlight comes in at a little less power point, still just as rugged and durable, but they have such a wide variety of lights in their, in their package that you can just go crazy um, spending money on flashlights. They just came out with a new one, too, uh, that is going to rival the Stiletto from Surefire. So, you know, that slim line Yeah. Uh, this year in 2021. So. I don't know how they keep coming up with new stuff like that. I mean, yeah. it's just a flashlight, but they find more ways <laughs> to package it. and it's <laughs> They got they're in, they, they like to make money. Yeah. <laughs> so Now, Burt's Bees, I carry I carry a different brand, but um, a lot of guys are, front, are really into Burt's Bees. Yeah. I just, uh, been my experience, Chapstick, you, you always need it. Mm. Um, it helps keep one your lips hydrated so you can at least communicate the other thing is in a pinch you can help start a fire right. with it That's exactly um, right. little known fact i don't have anything to start a fire with on me but mm. it, it's it can get ignited and help start with a fire and if you have dry hands like i do um a lot of times and of course right now we're in this pandemic and dealing with a lot of hand sanitizers and stuff that dry out our hands um, and you get maybe a crack like I do today. In fact, I've yeah. got one on the top Rub of my knuckle right, right there. Put, put a little chapstick on it, and you're good to go uh, in the fire. I mean, there's a, yeah, just a multitude of, of reasons to be carrying chapstick. It isn't just it's, the it, sexy thing. No, so. it just it's a functional thing. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I keep in my pocket pretty much every day, it's a Med Superstore first responder rebreather. Mm -hmm. I can pull that out, drop it in somebody's mouth, do CPR, and not have to worry about getting any kind of uh, diseases or blowback when they start to vomit. If anybody's actually done CPR on a, on a person, mm -hmm. it happens quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it's a great thing to just keep in my pocket. It takes up really no space at all every day, and I just drop it right in there. It's Those are the three things that come right off the top of the dresser. Then the wallet goes in last, so I know I'm ready to go. Um this flashlight usually stays in my vehicle, and I put it on in the vehicle. Really? Um, yeah, I've got a nightstand flashlight, and I've got a weapons-mounted light mm -hmm. I dedicate strictly, mm -hmm. and that's the Olight Valkyrie. I clip it on, clip it off every day for the nightstand gun. And then I have a handheld Surefire mm -hmm. that I keep by the side of the bed that I used to wear in law enforcement. So that's my home defense package, and then I leave this in the vehicle for just in case I need it, yeah. and I want to throw it on. So... 
like I said, if I don't grab one of the other ones at the house, I always have at least two in my vehicle for that purpose. Hmm. So I, I, it sounds like I have a lot of gear. I'm really not one of those guys, but you, it helps to have a choice depending on what you have to do. And the stylist I love when I have to wear uh, more yeah, dress more dress clothes stuff. and suits yeah. because it doesn't weigh a ton. Yeah, it's a very but I thin. still have a very nice flashlight to do the work with if I have to yeah. in that environment. Always have my phone. Um, you got to be able to communicate, call for help, um, ambulance, uh, police, fire, whatever's going on, and just stay in touch in general and get mm-hmm. your information. Yeah. Again, accessing the Internet and staying up on what's happening and things like that news flashes and, exactly um, especially when there was a lot of rioting going on mm. most recently i right. wanted to know where it was because yeah. that was places i wanted to avoid so um just having information at maps. your fingertips yeah, definitely google yeah. maps um when you're driving uh just it, it's a way to help avoid problems mm. where's construction and things like that so I, I love the instant information that the phone provides and then Lastly, what you'll most always find me wearing is my ankle fac. Mm-hmm. Um, very low profile. It goes down around your ankle. What it, brand is this, by the way? Uh, I think this is a Dark Angel okay. yeah. Medical. Yeah, sure. It has a tourniquet. Um, Gloves? A pressure pack. Oh, okay. And um, gauze. So you've got a bandage and gauze and your tourniquet. There, I think there's gloves in one of the pouches mm-hmm. as you pull it out. But mainly if I'm pulling this out, it's for me. Hmm. And I'm not worried about my own blood. I'm just worried about yeah, stopping it right. in a hurry. So it's a way to have it readily available and easy to get. This one is I, I changed out with the better one. It's a bright orange. So yeah, EMTs yeah. would know that I have a tourniquet on me yeah. when I need it. Yeah. Um, some people like to wear the dark blacks or the you know the blue trainer is what it's designed to be as a trainer. Uh, what I, I I like the the cats. Yep. They're, they're very easy to use um, and simple to learn how to use. But what, um, what you'll find is there's some imitations on the Internet. True. And when you buy those and you start to, to work with it, they break. Yep. That windlass is yeah, a... That windlass is just, <laughs> it, it snaps because it's not quality. Yeah. And you get what you pay for. And I, I like, you know, Dark Angel's combat vet. Yep. He understands emergency medicine. And they make such great products built around it. Um, North American Rescue, another that's, great company, yeah. is uh, that's this actually might be a combination, um, some Dark Angel gear Just inside collab, of North American collaboration, yeah, with them. Uh, so yeah. it, it's there's good things out there, but if you're if you're going to carry a, a firearm daily, you got to anticipate you're going to get injured, and you've got to be able to stop your own bleeding because mm. that's critical. Stop the bleed class too. I mean, I I've went through stop the bleed and uh, through some other classes. If I guess you know, I, and I carry uh, three cats. See, generally every day in my truck, I'll have access to three cats, and then on my person I carry. Uh, well, in my EDC bag is a cat, and then on my person I carry a a, a rats due yep. to the fact I'm around children, and so. If anybody knows anything about these, uh, these do not fit well around small arms or small legs. Uh, yeah. they, they just don't do that. Um, or a rat's tourniquet. I know there's a lot of people get all worked up and, you know, hot and bothered because of all the rats this and the rats that. Um, but I found it to work very fine. And, in fact, I, I used a rat's tourniquet in a stop the bleed class with a combat medic who had been, I mean, 
through it with special forces. And that was who taught my stop the bleed class. And he uses both cat and rats. And um, it will do the job and cut off, you know, the pulse. Um, and, and he said it's he's seen it actually work in combat. Yeah. And so, it's, but, you know. It's a, great, it's a great tourniquet. It's very simple to use as well. Actually, if you were... If we were doing this outside, I'd show you the door panels of my truck. I have a cat and a rat sitting mm-hmm. next to two sets of handcuffs in my door yeah. and next to a Streamlight Scorpion. Um, so I've got a flashlight and gear right in the door. My passenger side driver's door has two trauma kits mm-hmm. packed into the pocket <laughs> that are have tourniquets and all the tactical tourniquets and gauze, yep. uh, quick clot. Everything is in there in that sort of – it's basically two little blowout bags. And why do I put it on the driver's side? Because I'm normally the driver. I want it to be accessible to me. Also mounted on my driver's panel is a dual magazine pouch so I can drop two extra magazines in my truck door Mm -hmm. to engage if I get back to my vehicle. So it's not like I didn't plan for a mass uh, tragedy happening in my presence – this is just to get me back to the vehicle right. so I can rearm and re-ammo there. A lot of people say the handgun's meant to fight back to your rifle that you should have had to begin with. Well, yes, mm-hmm. we can't carry wall, you know, rifles in Walmart, so we don't do it. But I don't also always keep a rifle in my truck either because I'm not going to arm somebody else who can just break the glass and take it. Mm-hmm. So unless you can secure it, I don't keep it in the vehicle. If they get my ammunition or they get a pair of handcuffs, you can still go buy those yourself. It's nothing that's sensitive that... Mm. that they can't steal but they might have fun getting out of those handcuffs yeah (laughs) so it's a i I try to think ahead if i can get back to my vehicle that's what i'm going to to resupply myself and get me more equipment Mm. to do what i need to do so that's probably pretty much everything i carry every day Mm. now we're not talking about the holster or the belt which is the most essential part of your carry gear a solid belt to support the holster and the weight of your firearm Mm. But I carry a lot of different belts. I wear next belt. I wear 511, Blue Force gear. Yeah, good stuff. Um, whatever, you know, whatever does the job for you, that's great. But you can't wear a really cheap belt and expect it to be able to sustain the weight of a holster and a firearm. And we, and we sell stuff here in the store, like, you know, the, from uh, the Gaborn belt. I think that's how it's said. Yeah. Uh, from Mission Spec. And then um, for security, I think we have yeah. some, some leather stuff over there, too, that are built purpose-built i think that's what people you would probably say is get something that's purpose-built that's designed for carrying a firearm yeah that's not because over time as you sit and your body flexes and moves as you sit stand walk run squat all these daily functions you got to have a belt that will support the weight of the firearm and the holster Hmm. and you need a holster that's truly made for your firearm and when you start looking at uh at holsters, a universal holster is not probably the best idea. There's a lot of companies out there that make them. I'm not saying one's better than the other, one's bad. I just want you to understand the concept of a holster that's made for your firearm is going to keep that gun more secure and keep it on your person in case something was to happen. We all understand that you're more probably going to find yourself into a physical confrontation more than a gunfight. That's what's realistically going to happen. So if we're rolling around on the ground, I don't want my gun to fall out. Mm-hmm. And now he has access to it. I want to have that gun secured to my person. And I know if 
if I'm running and like out jogging and I trip and fall, my gun's just not going to bounce across the concrete parking lot or on the running trail. That, that's not a good holster. What do you generally use for that one? I'm running a Kydex right now. Um, I can't remember who made it, hmm. but it's a it's a solid Kydex. It yeah. pops, and so it, it really locks it in, but it, it's got enough retention. I can hang it upside down and oh, shake yeah, the holster. Um, it just it's a very secure fit and it, it's just it's excellent for everything I need it to now I have another one that has a light bearing so I can drop that in with mm-hmm. a with a light on it if I choose to everybody says well you're not carrying a weapons light that to me it's very difficult to conceal yeah. a full-size gun I'm, I'm running a four inch barrel so it's a four inch gun or me- medium-sized firearm but it I start sticking that with a weapons light in my pants um, a lot of people like to run appendix carry. Yeah, it's a great, it's a fast way to carry a gun. It's no, it's, it's right there, but I'm not built for appendix carry. I'm not a, mm-hmm. a, a really lean and, and thin fella, so I like to carry on my hip where I've carried it my whole career. So I draw from that spot. It's the gun is naturally, it's instinctively there when I go to grab for it. So I carry it on the, on that on my three o'clock position on my strong side. Yeah. And that's where it stays, and I can carry that with the light fixed fixed light on it, on an outside the waistband, just as comfortable and concealed. I like to wear a lot of hoodies. Yeah, um, they're very baggy, and they, they they're perfect for concealment, and yeah. it's a consistent draw stroke. <laughs> we had um, we had a discussion the other day about um, carry garments, cover garments, and things like that, and one of the instructors was wearing a zip up jacket, and he he fixes his jacket around so when he draws his gun it, it works great and he does that for him and that's mm-hmm. his style i like it. it it works for me but i don't always wear zip up jackets and i just i'm more comfortable drawing from concealment where mm-hmm. i have to pull the garment up i'm a hoodie guy because it's what i wear to the gym it's what i wear out jogging or walking um, i wear it out just for fun everywhere i'm just a big hoodie guy so it, it to me it just works for my style and it's like I, yeah today i mean you know i'm wearing a just pretty, a regular pretty sweatshirt. Bad baggy sweatshirt i'm carrying three o'clock um clock 26 so with an extended mag um and i carry there quite a bit at three o'clock um but i also do an appendix you know i yeah and i, I do like i do like the, the the quickness of appendix but yeah the, uh, the thing is there's really not a lot of difference from appendix to a three o'clock position you're basically moving from one to three I mean, mm. if you're looking at a clock, it's yeah. not it's not so much anything different. It's just being cognizant of where you're carrying your firearm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you're gonna you know do your pat your whole body down looking for your gun, but if you do carry the gun in several different places, you got I, I think it's going to cause you a little bit of a second or two for your brain to remember where the gun is. If you're if you're a normal ankle carry guy. Um, and then you start carrying small the back, yeah, you're going to be searching Some, all over looking for that. And maybe you can really add to this as an instructor. And, and I've done some instruction myself, but um, it always bugged me that we've, you know, I'm guilty of it too. You train on flat range and you, and you train outside the waistband, <laughs> you know, at the 3 o'clock and with a duty-sized weapon. And so I always kind of sat and thought about that. And, um, and I know I've had the opportunity to train with others, you know, different 
instructors and stuff too that have allowed you to train as you carry uh, like a pistol two class or a pistol three you may do that yep. with your pistol three class or do you do you allow them to yep. carry a pistol a pistol two yep once you take the pistol one we move to pistol two and you we start working on the draw stroke we do okay. a lot of you know empty gun draws yeah so i get yeah. to see how you function with your firearm and how you manipulate and handle your weapon once you once you complete that class when we go to the uh, the third level the the fighting pistol class mm-hmm. then we start incorporating movement in the draw strokes with the live yeah. guns doing a lot more of that so it's a building block process but i also want to make sure i'm confident in your skill set yes because <laughs> um too many yeah. people get caught up in the in the drill and they start having that trigger finger move mm-hmm. and get, get too near the trigger way too early. Um, if you if you start the, the process from the beginning, and the trigger does the, t- the trigger doesn't get touched or tactile touched by a finger until those sights are on target. Um, once the gun is leveled and on target, then you can start your trigger press. You can initiate yeah. that break. You know, getting taken taking up the take up, prepping that trigger to the wall, and then pressing through. But there's no other time that that needs to be touched. Um, searching buildings, um, anything, movement in general, the gun should be, uh, if it has a safety, it should be engaged. Your finger should not be near the trigger. Because I've seen guys trip and fall and guns go oh, yeah. off. And it shouldn't have happened. But it's, you know, you're trying to be fast and, and be the first one to get rounds on target. And, you know, that's okay. But you're not always going to have a viable target yeah. in front of you and, and movement with a firearm is is kind of a good skill to have without having yourself get injured or somebody with you get injured now within an, uh, the context of pandemic ammo shortage you know all this stuff going on right now people are like okay I, i'm not able to use x amount of rounds you know up you know in, in training as much as i would like to uh, we talked about, you did a, a video on dry fire here for us. If you're watching our YouTube channel, you might want to check that out, by the way. Brian uh, discusses uh, dry fire during ammo shortage, um, you know, how to do that. But also, not only dry fire, I mean, would you encourage folks dry draw, learning how get, I mean, just getting Always. that in, in the neural pathways. It's a, it's a whole process, just uh, draw stroke in general, mm-hmm. drawing and then getting at target acquisition pressing through the trigger conducting a reload it's just a process to 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 work all those systems because they're all component parts of being skilled with your firearm Mm -hmm. so i have to know how to to fire it accurately i have to know how to draw it smoothly and efficiently and i have to know how to reload it Mm -hmm. also dealing with malfunctions if one was to occur Everybody plans on, like, I'm going to fire four rounds and the gun's going to have a malfunction. It really <laughs> shouldn't happen. Um, so, wow. But I would like to be able to train to, to anticipate mm. the, 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 the malfunction happens. I can, I can easily fix it. And that, a lot of that gets back to the, some of the simple stuff that I teach, that the gun, if you understand how it works, mm. you can fix the malfunction without freaking out. If there's no malfunction that happens, it takes a whole lot of forethought. The worst everybody says is a double feed. It's not really a problem if you relieve the pressure. Mm-hmm. Just lock the slide open, take the magazine out. Now there's no pressure keeping rounds in right. play, and they'd all fall free normally. But people panic because, oh, look at this. this. This is a problem. Think through the problem. Mm. If you're confident and comfortable manipulating your firearm, that doesn't really happen. It's not, it's not truly a problem. So like your point on the 
just kind of backpedaling a little bit. Mm-hmm. You said I, I've gone to several training classes. We're all shooting full-size guns from, like, law enforcement rigs. Mm-hmm. We break for lunch. Everybody puts those in their trunk and grabs concealed guns, and they move them yeah. to appendix. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, no one's putting the same gun on that they were yeah. using a minute ago. So it's, it's like— It's kind of a head-scratcher, man. Uh, but I, you know, I get that. Um, there's a lot of requirements when you're in training for safety first. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's face it. Firing a gun is inherently dangerous. Um, we should probably try to work and train in a— in a dangerous environment so um i can't make ranges unsafe because no one will insure you yeah and so no one no one will come to the class because they don't want to get hurt (laughs) but we also have to kind of try to train in context and small amounts of ammunition available go to the range with a plan i try to shoot some days a little fit for speed and depending on the ranges you go to you might not be able to draw. You probably can't shoot super fast. And you can't but, do that here upstairs. Yeah. But, right. you, but But members can downstairs. But downstairs or in classes yeah. downstairs, depending on the class you sign up for, they'll be drawing and they'll be shooting fast. Um, shooting fast is only good if you're accurate. If mm-hmm. you're not, if you're shooting fast and missing, you you can't shoot fast enough to win a gunfight if you're missing. So we probably should, you know, make sure you're accurate before you start blazing I'll, away. I always loved what Clint Smith said about that. Was he says you learn to smooth and accuracy, and when crap hits the fan, <laughs> you'll learn how to shoot fast real quick. Like <laughs> yeah, and it, it, that's really the truth. Um, so I like to try to do things a little different when I when I when I kind of get people in, indoctrinated into that. It's you know. We're going to try a little cadence fire. Um, closer to the target, the faster we can shoot. Yeah. The further away, we should probably shoot a little slower, make sure our sights are on that target, and we can actually get a hit. Because it's usually he who hits first wins the fight. Sure. So I want to make sure I get good hits with the available time I have. So, again, I'm not going to sit here and say we need to dump 20 rounds on a target really fast. That looks good for YouTube. It's a, it's really cool how fast you can reload your gun and how fast you can draw yeah. and shoot a target. But again, that's that's more for show. That targets not trying to shoot back. I'd like to see these instructors do that force on force, where the guy you're drawing against is going to put a bullet back on you, and you're both going to feel some pain. If we'll see who's first, yeah. And that that's that's what gunfighting is. It's reciprocal. I mean, uh, I, recipro- I reciprocate what you're doing to me. You're trying yeah. to hurt and kill me. I'm going to try to hurt and kill you. Yeah. So, I, I try to. Again, context, I think, is everything. And people just look at how you live, where you operate daily, and what's the probability of me being a victim in that environment. If your self-assessment is honest and it's it's high probability, maybe you should carry some capacity because you may have to try to survive yeah. longer so the police can get there to help you. If you're in a rural environment, you know, you're out in the country and that's where you live – and you know helps a little ways away, you may have to be able to sustain yourself longer yeah. until law enforcement can get there to help you. So put it, in, put it into context. Be really honest with yourself. I like to go, like I said, to the range with a plan. I, I shoot, you know, I'll put up a target, I'll put a Post-it note on it or a 3 by 5 card, mm-hmm. and I'll shoot 3 by 5 cards to the chest and Post-it notes to the head. Why? Because, again, it's more difficult to be accurate but if I can become consistently accurate under those conditions, I can probably do it under stress. Yeah. Um, and that small, small, small margin of error that can occur 
it, it's unforgiving on a three by five card. Your your skill sets, even up close, people think it's easy to shoot it's accurately not. up close. <laughs> it, it really isn't when you're trying to be uh, very efficient on the post-it note and things like that. Dot torture. I've used that it's for years. Greatest drill I think ever invented. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's yeah. an honest assessment of skills. Green did a good job. And my it. friend Donovan at Point One Tactics, I got a chance to train with him, and he does a lot of things. It's got to be repetitive, not mm. just a one-time lucky. you got to be able to do it at least twice in a row. Mm. Consistency is what he said. That's a skill set. And I think that's no no more true than anything that you learn in firearms is consistency is everything. I, if I can't repeat it, then it, it's not really a skill. It was luck. And Sometimes <laughs> I'd rather take the luck in a gunfight, but I'd good. rather rely on that's skill. Good. And have that skill be everything. Yeah. So, so you're going to be teaching some upcoming classes. Um, I think you've got uh, in the month of February, you got some pistol one, if I remember, and yeah. a pistol two class. In fact, that's the first part of February. Yep. And then um, you'll be doing fighting pistol once. Yep. I We're think in the to, latter part of trying to get everybody at least up to that where they can take yeah. the, those prerequisites out of the way and then try to do the, the fighting pistol class. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're in a even a, com- a competitive shooter and you just want to work on your footwork, um, work on your movement and multiple mm. engaging multiple targets, that's kind of what the fighting pistol is designed to do. It's it addresses those those stigmas that are out there that people think about. Oh, <laughs> there's going to be five guys jumping me. Yeah. So and people concerned about round count again. I mean, here we are in the middle of. Ammo apocalypse and you know, the pandemic and all this other business. Your round counts for your classes. Where, yeah. you, where are you running at? 100, 150 in those classes. So it's not super. So it's, so yeah. Not super. You know, you're not going to need 500 rounds for three hours. No. Yeah. Um, so that's those are to me those classes are all day classes and you're shooting specific drills. Mm-hmm. And I like the drills I incorporate. I try to give you the why because I want you to understand what we're trying to do again in context. We're not just going to stand in front of paper and, and blaze away for some, you know, really tight shot groups. And you're also teaching concealed carry twice twice this month, I yeah. believe, or next month. Yes. So please get on our website. Um, if you're looking to train with Brian, I really highly encourage it, or any of our other instructors, uh, Greg or Luke. Um, but if you're looking for, for Brian in particular, just go on our website, down, scroll down all the way to the bottom, and it'll be training and classes. Click on that link. It'll take you to a full calendar, and you'll be able to just sign up right there uh, on that calendar. Uh, also, you can check us out on Facebook and uh, through our events section. And you can just, you know, boom, click and buy type of thing. Get the class description, all that. Even share it. Maybe you have a friend that's... Uh, not yeah. everybody wants to come alone, you know. And so uh, get a friend and say, hey, man, would you take this class with me? And so like a pistol one class or whatever, you know, down the bullet hole with Brian Holmes. So, yeah, it makes it makes yeah. it a lot more enjoyable when you, your comfort level, when you've got people you know in the class. Yeah. Um, it, it becomes a lot more fun for me because I can see I can interact with you and and when you're in your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is built around comfort. I want you to be comfortable in, in the class. And, again, it's like anything out there. You know, take the meat and leave the bone. If you if there's something I'm I'm putting out that you don't agree with, you don't have to take it as gospel. You don't have to you know add it into anything other than just take it as a grain of salt from somebody who's who's done a couple things here and there. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying I have the you know most outstanding instructor resume by any means. I'm not 
a special forces guy or anything like that, but I've I've done some things in law enforcement over 27 years, and I've done and you were a military I've guy, I've done some things in the military, and so and I've, you were I've been a contractor around. and everything else. Yeah, so I've, 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 <laughs> he I've, has done a few things. I've, I've I've been involved in some things and seen how a lot of different training is run and how people have professionally carried weapons, been you know paid to carry a firearm. So I can just give you some of the best stuff that I've already paid for or seen happen mm. and hopefully help you become better at what you do. And that's that's the reason I do it. I, I just want people to be successful when they meet that challenge. And that's really what it yeah. is. It's a challenge when you get in that confrontation. Are you more prepared than the person who's trying to hurt or kill you? That's that's just it. You also offer one-on-one stuff or, or private sessions? Yeah, I do private lessons. You can, yeah. uh, you can go in there and, and set up one of those. Yeah. Um, or get with Chris and just email Chris at the bulletle.com and he'll he'll get you hooked up with with Brian on a private private site. How many people do you like do you have in that private session? I can I can do up to like three or four. Um, yeah. I try to keep it small because that way it's it's you get the one on one instruction time and I can really you know drill down to the issues you're having. Yeah. If you're not hitting the target where you're comfortable hitting it, you, you want to hit center mass and you're shooting left, right, high or low. We can really drill down on your fundamentals and, and get you where you need to be. And sometimes it just adjusting your grip just a little bit, or maybe it, mm-hmm. it really is how the gun fits your hand, and you're just not you're not working that gun as efficiently as you like to. We can work on those things. So there's just a lot you can do in a private lesson yeah. because it's it's basically tailored to what your needs are. If you just want to work on draw stroke and things like that, we can do that. Um, efficient reloads, you know, just. I'm just trying to help folks get to where they want in their journey because, you know, hopefully we never, never stop walking that path. Absolutely. But, you know, it's I'd like to have you at least ready if the encounter comes that you you're comfortable when it happens and be able to function. Well, man, I appreciate it. Appreciate your time today and, and showing us, one, you know, just a few toys that some would consider, but we consider them tools. Yeah. <laughs> These are not toys. They're tools. And uh, our EDC, our everyday carry, should be filled with tools, not toys. I would, I would encourage you to think through, uh, from my perspective, anyhow, as, as a we thinker, <laughs> you know, yeah. think through that. that a lot more go and a lot less show. There I, you everything, go. Everything Absolutely. has a purpose. It's purpose-driven. Yeah. Um, a lot of folks just like to carry stuff because it's the newest, it's, latest, yeah. greatest. And Sexy. it got great reviews <laughs> on the Internet. And so that's what all the, all the mm-hmm. fancy guys are carrying. But... Find what works for you and, and just make it habitual, and you probably will be successful because you're going to have the you things you that. need when you need it. You didn't get that from T-Mac, did you? Make it habitual. Oh, <laughs> uh, Pat Mac, is, he's Pat a crazy Mac. guy, but uh, you know, basic dude stuff. Uh, That's right, man. Carry, carry what you need. Um, uh, if y'all don't know who we're talking about, uh, <laughs> Pat McNamara, former Delta guy, incredible dude i and mean great personality yeah outgoing uh, uh probably half crazy <laughs> but he he tells you things yeah. and he really means it yeah he does, um, he's, he, does. A, he likes to work out but it's not a, a bodybuilding routine it is functional fitness yeah. um he's basically a run and gun guy with great marksmanship skills will win a gunfight not what you're shooting at him with I mean, he said you can shoot him with a twenty-two or a bazooka. If you hit him, you hit him, and then you're they're probably going yeah. down. But if you're missing, it doesn't mean anything. So he, uh, you know, the interesting part that a lot of people don't realize about Pat Mac. I mean, he was Delta for I don't know how long. For a while. Um, I mean, if you ever 
you know, hey, we're not the only podcast of truth out there. If you could listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, um, and, he, and I've, I've listened to his entire podcast with uh, Pat Mac. I mean, dude, that guy went through hell. He's, I mean, he really did. He's broken up his yeah. body so many times and he got put bad. back together. But uh, has University but, uh, of Badassery. Yes. Um, he's a heavy metal head, too. Yeah, he loves he his heavy metal he music. But he's a... He's just a real unique guy, but he's, he totally speaks the truth yeah. about violence on others, so. and he wants you to be successful, and he just says, you got to learn some basic dude stuff on how to be a dude. <laughs> yeah. so. And, I, and I, would, I would say, and I don't, I don't say this to blow smoke up his rear, but, but Brian's been there, done that, and, and with a lot of things you, you probably won't ever hear about even, and so um, we're blessed to have him here at the Bullet Hole. We really are, and... Uh, but uh, we're, we're thankful that you st- stopped by the, the old table today, man, to, to just take out a little time and talk about EDC. But uh, if you want to come and train, check us out um, uh, on our – it's just thebullethole.com. Or uh, as long as they'll have us on Facebook, uh, the purge is real. <laughs> uh, go slowly ahead and, working their way through. Yeah, go ahead and uh, check us out there. We're also on MeWe.com. Um, so if you haven't heard of that, it is a social platform that we are on, MeWe.com. And so check us out over there. Check us out at our uh, you know, Instagram and stuff as long as we're there. And uh, then TheBulletHole.com. And, uh, w- and then also sign up for our email list uh, so that uh, we can stay in touch with you. Uh, so that's, I mean, it's getting to that point. I hate to say that. It's not being political of any way, shape, or form. But uh, some things are kind of being you know, really, if not taken away, really crunched on the 2 a.m. right if, now. If anything, just stay yeah. informed on the new things coming at the bullet hole. There's yeah. some other good things getting ready to drop here. Yes, yes. And uh, big things. So yes, you want to be part of that if, if you're into your if you're into 2 a and your firearms, there's some good things yeah. coming. Our, our rifle range, people are always asking about it. Um, they're over there literally today as we speak. They are welding on our rifle range. So we're so. hoping... Uh, and AR, you'll be teaching AR, some rifle when it gets done. AR shooting is, is going to be a reality here at the bullet hole very shortly. Yeah. And so you can bring your AKs and your ARs in and do some shooting. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a, whole, a game changer for us, and we're going to start offering the, those training classes. And uh, I mean, be good, man. We've been <laughs> a year in the making. <laughs> yeah, so we're really, really, really looking forward to that. So, and then there's, other, like you said, other good stuff that we can't talk about right now. Exactly. Not yet. But it's coming real soon. But it's coming. So, All right. Well, until next time, y'all, take care. And as always, as we like to say, and by the way, this is not say buttheads or buttholes. I'm just saying. Somebody people, said that. People made a comment on our <laughs> YouTube channel. That's what it says behind us. And so I'm just having fun with you. Please understand, if you're listening right now, you're like, what is he talking about? There's a sign behind me. It says the bullet hole protect compete and learn and that's the message we want to get to you so until next time you guys take care and uh, come back and listen to us again we will be in uh, one of our future two or excuse me two of our future podcasts the one with the owner of um bravo concealment holsters renee uh, and so i know renee and, and the folks down there and so we're getting that hooked up and then we're gonna go jim and i the owner of the bullet hole here we're gonna go on a little road trip down to a place called Berryville, Arkansas. If anybody knows what's in Berryville, Arkansas, it is the Nighthawk plant. 
And so we're going to be looking forward to that. Uh, some good things, cool things coming up, and we'll be actually with the owner. Good and holsters and stuff. good guns. Yeah. Can't beat it. So we're, we're going to have a lot of fun right here on the podcast. So until next time, y'all take care.